Hi, this is Mike with episode 43 of Getting Everyone Moving, brought to you by Palms to Pines Parasports. And today I have some special guests in Nebraska, the Norris family. Hello, all. Hi. <laughs> okay, Kai, so you're 10 years old. Tell us about all the sports that you participate in. So I do ice hockey, sled hockey, sled hockey, <laughs> and I do basketball, wheelchair basketball, and I also do marathons. You use the adaptive sports wow. chair, the power chair soccer, adaptive scuba. And oh my god! Ready for racing wheelchair and seated shot put. Oh my gosh! And what is what are your favorite sports? Um, I'd say basketball, hanging out with my team. Hang out with your team. So COVID has been a little tough then, huh? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're in the team Red Dogs. Yeah, I, I know about the Red Dogs. They're really good. So what is it like to, what is it like to do scuba diving? Uh, it's actually kind of fun, even though since I'm a little small, it's a little hard to maneuver with the tank. I just tip one direction and I can't control it. He has a bit of a hard time uh, with coordinating both sides of his body. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. his gear is heavier than he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and is there anything that you think you can't do? Not that I know of. <laughs> That's a good answer. So what other, as COVID kind of goes away, hopefully um, over the next few months, what are other sports that you wanna be involved with? Um, the most I really would like to be in would be racket tennis. Have you ever played that before? Uh, no. Wow. Good. I've only done practice with standing. Okay. And do you have your own um, sports wheelchair? Uh, no, yes. Yes, he just got it. That's great. He, he normally, uh, until now, he's been borrowing yeah. from Nebraska Adaptive Sports and the basketball team. They have a, a selection of adaptive sports chairs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he just got the Challenged Athletes Foundation grant last year. That's great. And that helped buy him his own, uh, I think it's a, a pro top end, pro all sport. Yeah. Yeah. Our basketball team is Caden Jack. It's okay. No, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Caden <laughs> Jack. Jack, Eli, and Caden. I don't know if I already is mentioned. That just the prep team. Yeah, that's the prep team. Then we have varsity with Lily, Eli, Caden, and Jacob, and stuff. A few others that he doesn't interact as much with. Yeah, yeah. that's. But Lily, I normally have a good team with. That's really good. That's great. Do you want to try and play wheelchair basketball in college? Do you think? Um, I don't know. Not that I know of. I don't think he's thought that far ahead. Sure. <laughs> I never really thought about that. You have a few years to go, but who knows, you know? Mm -hmm. Who knows? 
Um, yeah, our team's currently stationed fourth that I know of. Um, terrific. I don't know what the ranking is. That is right, so yeah. good. So, Teresa, tell us, yeah, tell us about your family. And I know that you're living with a disability as well. Uh, so, our family is five. My husband and I and our three kids, um, there is a 12 year gap between our first two uh, and Kai. Um, it's been a bit hard for me because right after our second was born, uh, I started going downhill and shortly after I was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis, it falls in an autoimmune neuromuscular uh, category. The MDA over has that umbrella. Um, and I spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital and stuck in a wheelchair. Um, I have a brace for one of my legs now, and I kind of range between walkers, bracing, and wheelchairs, and uh, some upright movement. Um, and when I was diagnosed, it was all new. Thankfully for Kai, I had, you know, a lot more experience under my belt when we found out about his disability and what he was going to go through, which made it easier for us to navigate because adaptive sports weren't even on my radar. I didn't even, you know, they didn't exist to me. And now that we've explored all of these with Kai, you know, I'm running into, if only I could have done that, you yeah. know, if I'd known about it, you know, that would have been something that really would have, you know, increased my quality of life and, you know, my health. I also have aortic root dilation and uh, a dysautonomia, which affects your uh, central nervous system and EDS, uh, Ehlers-Danlos. And those are uh, degenerative progressive diseases. Uh, and everybody is different. Some are not as severe, some are less. We just fall into the more severe category. Uh, people liken our state to those with cerebral palsy a lot of the time. Uh, so uh, it's been an interesting journey yeah. <laughs> for me. So Bruce, uh, Bruce, you have your own business, right? Uh, yes. What do you tell us about it? Um, it's, it's kind of something that we do on the side part-time so we uh travel to different reenactment events and set up a shop there and and sell then to the patrons so uh he makes knives and other blacksmith items so he's a bladesmith and a blacksmith the garage is where he does all his work <laughs> it is thank you, okay. thank you. Okay. and uh uh he does all the hard stuff. I get to do the selling stuff. <laughs> so yeah, we do a lot of making. With, I uh, I provide health insurance for for Teresa and Kynan through my workplace. So I am working full time. Yeah, and then we do this on the side. So they end up helping out quite a bit with it. But for legal purposes, it has to be in my name. Yeah, of course. Um, so. How has it been for you though, Bruce? I mean, it's gotta be pretty stressful. Um, that's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think the first five years when my wife started becoming ill after our second child came along, I uh, was not a very happy person. Yeah. It was really, really rough. And I eventually reached the point after about five years where I started looking at myself and going, you know, I'm going to have to change things about my personality or else I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for you. And, and Kai, hey, buddy, what, is it, what does it mean for you to be able to play all these different sports? fun it's really relaxing hanging out with my friends playing having fun yeah it's staying fit (laughs) it serves a lot of purposes for him because he is because of his illnesses he is homeschooled so this is another form of social interaction for him it's uh gratifying to be part of a team and to work with other people not to mention the skills that it teaches having to do so. It's good for him because it, it helps him to keep up muscle tone or work on muscle tone and coordination that other people very much take for granted. But when you fall into some of these categories, it's not something that you can ever give up on. You have to keep working at it. So that's very important. And as he said, it is also fun for him. Yeah, it, it helps. Uh, it, it helps with his mental health. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people are, that are disabled, we are used to being isolated. We are used to being left out. You know, we're used to not being able to leave our homes. And then this pandemic came along and every other able-bodied person got a taste of what it's like for us, you know? We having to wear masks on planes for, you know, 11 plus hours and to go to the hospital for treatments, you know, that wasn't a pandemic thing for us. That was an everyday thing for us, you know, not being able to get out of our house because transportation or, or other resources weren't there, you know, and it's, they get a taste of what we do. 365 days a year, if we don't put extra effort in and our families don't put extra effort in to help us navigate that and, and get out of that, you know, and that's where the adaptive sports and the community uh, revolving around that really helps, you know, Uh, we don't have. That's a, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Talk a little bit about you know, the adaptive sports community and how that's kind of helped all of you? Well, the adaptive sports community has been very helpful because, you know, they don't let you just sit back, you know, they're there behind you, pushing you saying, come on, you can do more. Don't give up, you know, Hey, just because you're disabled. With any kind of, of sport or physical fitness, it's, it's always that, you're much more likely to succeed if you're doing it with other people. Yes. You have more of an incentive when there's a group of people, because it's not just you by yourself anymore. All of a sudden you've got a team that's also depending on you and you you don't want to let them down. 
not that they'll think of it that way. And, and so it's a, a two-way street. They support you by helping with your mental health, transportation. And if like some of the wheelchair basketball players and Kynan's team, they wouldn't be able to go to a practice or a competition or the national championships if it wasn't for another member that said, hey, I'll take you. You don't have to worry about that part, you yeah. know, and, 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 and providing that transportation or checking in on us when, you know, we fall and we break a leg and we wind up in the hospital because we were trying to transfer or something. And, you know, they'll, you know, message us or send cards, you know, and it's, it's, it's really a, a really good community because they, they don't let you fall behind, you know, uh, other sports, you know, from when I was a kid, if you missed, well, nobody cared if you missed, nobody checked in on you, nobody, you know, was pushing as hard for you to be there. They weren't as, you know, willing to carpool, you know, it was everybody almost for themselves sometimes. And, yeah. and that's different with the adaptive sports because yeah. your success is their success. Yeah. And so there's a vested interest in you continuing to do it and enjoy it and, and be part of it. And there's also the thing where, you know, we look at somebody else and we're like, we were at sled hockey. And uh, there was a family that was new and they had a son in a wheelchair and she hadn't even heard about adaptive basketball. And I was like, hey, my son does this. Yeah. You know, it's the same group that's putting on this sled hockey kind of thing. Are you interested? And she was like, well, I'd never heard about it. And my son, I don't think he'd be old enough. And we're like, we have kids as young as five on the team. I'm like, don't let his age hold him back. Don't let the fact that you're unsure of it hold you back. It's like, here, we're having a tournament. Come check it out and, you know, exchange information. You know, we're always helping each other also find resources, yeah. you know, uh, not only for adaptive sports, but other parts of our life as well yeah. uh, to, to help our families. Hey, Kai, so tell us about, tell us about being a chef. What kinds of things you like to make? Um, <laughs> I normally make lots of French stuff. Like? Like? Like grapes and... Crepes. 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 <laughs> Crepes. <laughs> Omelets, quiche. Omelets, quiche, and all that other stuff, like muffins, too, and tarts. Yeah. All, all that lovely French food that he can't eat. <laughs> yeah you make kai safe and there's no dieting in our house <laughs> and we supply my husband's co-workers and our neighbors uh great so kai how, how did you get into being a chef um i just really liked enjoying and making stuff and i always watched so many cooking shows we always watched big disasters of cooking shows. <laughs> What's your favorite? <laughs> and my favorite would be Nailed It, the most funniest one and the most disastrous. <laughs> what 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 kind of disasters happen in the show? Um, it's a thing where people make real or the worst bakers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
beat against each other and make some really horrible dishes. Undercooked cake. Oh, uh, using things that aren't edible in cakes. Uh, anything that you can think of that can go wrong, no. somebody's done on that show. <laughs> so, Kai, at some point, are you going to be able to ship your food over to other people? Like, um, I'm taking that as yes. He actually, he kind of already does to a point, depending on how yeah, it was. We ship food from mine that we don't need to eat or something and ship it to Laney's or ship it to other people California. who like the cooking. Your brother. His brother mm -hmm. at the Marine Corps base in and California. And also to dad's friend at his work. Mostly it's through the Midwest because they're close enough mm -hmm. or in town. He likes our cooking. We'll do uh, in-person deliveries, especially when he's having a fundraiser. So he held a fundraiser for an art study trip that he was supposed to go on this May to Europe. Um, and with the pandemic, that made it hard. So what did we do, Kai? We held a... We held a French party. We held a drive through French bake sale oh. and wow. on the weekends. And so yeah. we had everything and people could pre-order and then just drive by and pick up or they could drive by mm -hmm. and order from their car and get it. We'd make this popcorn or something and give it to other people to eat. Well, we had some of those, yeah. Uh, and then during the week, we also made things. So we called them our, our, our breakfast boxes. So people mm -hmm. could order them online through uh, a Google app, basically. And then uh, they picked a time slot that we had in the morning. And we would, they would get French roast coffee. They would have the choice between two different friendship types of coffee. Um, and then they got a chocolate croissant, uh, butter croissants, and a fruit croissant. And wow. also I'm an artist, which means we'd sell art too, like so. paintings that are really good. You can see some of the paintings we have around the house. You can uh, see there's yeah. a little flower, there's a park so. from... He can't see those, but yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So you're, you're really a, you're a Renaissance guy then. You do all kinds of amazing yeah, stuff. We, all, we also go to events. I left archery on this. Oh, and he does archery. He does archery and, and mounted archery. You do? Um, what kind of yeah. bow, what kind of bow do you use, Kai? You know? Um I I what? It's a Mongolian horse a Mongolian horse bow. <laughs> he has a Mongolian horse bow. He actually what? has three. You're kidding. And then one he has one, even though our quiver got they lost did. and now we're really mad. <laughs> and he also has a recurve. And you have a recurve. That is incredible, Kai. It's in the box on the other side, Bruce. So it's protected. There's so many things. He had one stolen when he went to the Pentagon for the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, right before the pandemic started. Um, we were, he brought his archery equipment because it's relaxing for him because we were visiting a friend who also did archery and we stayed with them in Washington, DC. Um, I have to say DC has really, really accessible public transport. Yeah. It was awesome. I have to say getting Kai's wheelchair through the, the Amtrak trains and the buses and 
the, the subways. There was no issue whatsoever. I so loved that. Um, but anyway, we took Amtrak down and on the return trip, uh, a Red Hat was helping us and they were kind of rushing us and other people had put all of their baggage in front of the disabled sections baggage area and knocked over his archery case. Uh -huh. And we didn't realize it wasn't with the stuff the Red Hat had gotten until we were upstairs and it was too late to get it off the train. Oh. And somebody stole it before it Some, made it to the yeah, next stop. Somebody took oh. it and we and, saw, uh, and we managed to get the bow back, but we looked no, we and- we didn't the, get the bow back. <laughs> oh. So we this is a new or our other bow that's I use. Wow, check it out. Oh my gosh. And then on that side, it has so many ancient writings and words. Hmm. That so is incredible. He uses, uh, he has custom handmade bows and arrows. And on that trip, we lost his first Mongolian horse bow and we lost a dozen arrows and all of his gloves. Uh, the only thing we got back was the case about a year later. Uh, they found the case at another station. They had, I don't even know why, they had damaged the top that we had duct taped shut. And I'm like, all they had to do was peel the duct tape off and unzip it, but they literally like cut it off to oh, get to man. it. And, and so that was- Yeah, that's uh, tough. So Kai, do you think you're gonna to go to Mongolia one day and shoot? No, not that I know of. I <laughs> well, haven't planned that yet. We're supposed to go to Egypt in September to go scuba diving. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we're, that uh, really birthday cool. trip for Kai and pre-deployment leave possibly for his elder brother. Yeah, uh, so. that would be amazing. Yeah, when I'm doing archery, I have some pretty good aim. Do you? Yeah, do you get some bullseyes? Yeah, before I got two arrows in a bullseye somehow, when I was just a child. Okay. So he's, he's won several of the archery competitions at the events that we're at. And then he held one of his own. Um, he held a mounted archery competition for children. And that was kind of a mounted stationary one because most kids don't get on horses with their bows. And so we had loaner equipment and then we had made these mock horse horses out of uh, rain barrels and put horse heads and saddles on them. And so they had three positions. They had side saddle, front facing, and then from backwards, which is Kai's favored uh, position. He prefers to be facing away from the target and turn towards it to shoot. Uh, um, so uh, we did that and then gave prizes away to those that you know had the higher scores and, and whatnot. It was really fun. You all have a really amazing life then. Um, you know, you don't let anything stop you. You're gonna go on trips. Kai, you do so many different things. That is so incredible. So none of you are really letting, letting whatever disability or whatever your ability is stop you in life? Life is too short. <laughs> and you what, I, just because you have a disability, you're going to stop living. Yeah. I mean, that that's the attitude that you get from people that are abled. But no, it's 
no. no. We, <laughs> we usually are only that way. I would say I was only that way at the beginning because I was in shock. I was in disbelief. I was in denial. You know, here I was able-bodied and then all of a sudden I'm not. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair and I'm re having to rely on people that like I didn't have to before. And I didn't like that. And it took me quite a while to, to get over that and, and realize that if, if I'm going to be successful and continuing to live and, and be an active participant in my family and whatnot, that I, I needed to give up things. You know, I, I needed to give up the I can do it all attitude by myself I had to accept the help from others in certain areas to make it so I could do other things. Um, uh, travel is a big one. It's hard for me. Uh, I have, most people take for granted that they can just get on a plane or in a car and just drive away by themselves. Until this year, I hadn't been on a trip by myself or alone by myself for, you know, almost three decades. You know, there was always somebody that was there as a backup caretaker for me, you know, and for me to be able to do that because you're disabled and it's not a, a set things. Things can go wrong that you don't expect. And when things go wrong that you don't expect for an able-bodied person, well, it's easier to adapt. It's easier to get around that. But, you know, when it goes wrong for somebody that's stuck in a chair, yeah. You know, um, no, I don't like driving my dragging myself across rooms if my wheelchair gets damaged by the airport, you know, and that has happened where you you take your wheelchair and it's like a toss up. Are you going to get it back in one piece? Yeah. Is it going to come yeah. with That's damages? Right. Kai's had two damaged. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. So, and, yeah, no, that's right. So, Bruce, um, so, you know, you're looking at this, you're experience, experiencing disability from an able, able body. Um, you know, I think a lot about inclusion and how do we bring about more inclusion, but what do you see as someone living this on a daily basis? I mean, what do you see as the challenges? What does the able-bodied community, you know, need to do? What barriers need to be removed? you know, to make things more accessible, to bring about more inclusion? Um, I think the, the, the big thing is that if, I, I'm living with, with two people with multiple rare diseases. Yeah. I think that that's the odds against that are really high. So for the, the ordinary able bodied community, they just, it doesn't even cross their minds about some of the issues that you run into as a disabled person. And on top of it, it's so outside of their experience and imagination that when you tell them what you need or you tell them your experiences, the automatic instinct is to, to say, oh, well, you just want attention. 
mm. or you're making this up or that's not true or I mean it it's taken some people years you know to come around to realize oh no you're not making this up <laughs> wow. it's not just in your head yeah and educated people who should not be having those kinds of of knee-jerk reactions is it i think i think i think what bruce is trying to say is the best way to get an able-bodied person to see what a disabled person would need and how to help them would be to put themselves in our shoes you know, and I've seen things lately where they've done that, you know, you take an able-bodied person and you stick them in a chair and you say, you're not going to get out of that. Your legs don't work anymore. Yeah. You know, you can't walk, you can't crawl, you can't do this. You've got only your upper body and let's see you live, yeah. you know, and, and they think it's going to be a cinch, yeah. you know, and then, then they're like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom. You know, that's a big one, you know, that's him. That can be kind of embarrassing. And, you know, if, if, if you have a, a, a stool regimen or have to be cast, you yeah. know, to have the trust to let somebody else handle that for you yeah. or even transfer you to a toilet in a restroom, you know, I mean, a complete stranger, if, if, if need be, yeah. you know, they, they just don't think of that. And to answer to answer your question, the second part of what I would say is that I think the attitude that you get from people that are are able-bodied is that, oh well, if it's that bad, then you just need to give it up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If 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 you can't, you know, if you can't go out to the restaurant without having somebody there to assist you, then you you should not be going out. And having, well. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, even though some people can get embarrassed, I just encourage and think they should still keep on and embarrassment shouldn't stand in their way and, and stop them from doing their thing. It, they should just ignore it because no one because they don't, it doesn't matter. As long as you get your issue done, then yeah, it's better. Don't let your, your mental embarrassment hold you back from doing what you want to do. I guess that's kind of what you're saying. You know, don't let stuff like that stop you. Don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do. Uh, you know, and that's the big thing for Kai, you know, if he wants to do something, he's going to do it by golly. And if it's, if it takes a way to get around it, he'll find a way and it might not be pretty, but he'll manage it. <laughs> yeah. So Kai, um, what you said was great. That is just terrific because you're living that. Um, but we're going to, we're almost at the end of our interview, but what would you say if you met someone who hasn't played like wheelchair basketball or wheelchair tennis, how would you motivate them to go out and play with you? I'd encourage them by saying it's a good sport and it's everyone thinks it's good. 
it's a common thing. It gets your strength up, and and it's really fun. That is great. And with that, I want to thank you all, Kai, Teresa, and Bruce. Terrific interview. Thank you all so much. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thanks for thank having you. us. Thanks for having us. <laughs>